Open Nesters podcast is a weekly podcast that explores new ways of living as our kids leave the nest. Now in season three, the podcast topics go deeper and wider in interviews with individuals, couples, and experts in areas ranging from relationships and families to adventure, spirituality, and sexuality. This week on the Open Nesters podcast with Tony Bergens and Antoinette Sims. As you'll hear, I've been chasing Tony Bergens, who's really a dance mentor and, and role model to me for years, for a few years on the podcast. And she and Antoinette, really as moms and open nesters, give us such deep insight about journey dance, which Tony developed, healing and sex. Let's hear it from Tony and Antoinette. Welcome to the Open Nesters Podcast, Antoinette Sims and Tony Bergens. I am so delighted to have you with me. How are you today? Doing great. Yes, wonderful. It's up in the Berkshires where you guys find the foliage and the movement and the flowers and all the good stuff in the hills, right? It's amazing up here. Yeah, it's a place that I think we'll talk about a little bit. I think people needing to escape into that is something that I know Tony does a lot of, Antoinette does a lot of, and both of you at stages of life as moms. So we're going to be talking about moving and healing and motherhood and transitions and Mm. aging and a little bit about sex and see where we takes us. <laughs> so, so, so I'm going to have uh, Tony start us off. I met Tony a number of years ago in a journey in her journey dance, amazing movement creation in the world at Kripalu. And we danced together and really connected. And so yes, I remember you vividly. And we talked in the dining hall. And we had all these plans. Yes, I remember. And and Antoinette gave me a little bit of her backstory about being a intense bodybuilder and spinner, an intense woman, you know, really on the heavy, hard hitting you'll go into, but how you made that transition to soften and, and how the two of you are working, you know, on movement and healing at this transitional time. So give us your personal two minutes on, so Tony Kids, where you are, um, partnership, just so we have an overview of you. I am in such a crazy space right now. This is the perfect time to be on your podcast. I literally am partnerless at this moment, uh, about four months out. And my both of my sons are away for the summer, basically. And this is just the first time I've ever been in this stage. My 21-year-old is in Chicago. My 18-year-old is, is done and is you know on an adventure they're on an adventure through mexico they're half mexican and they're going to mexico to you know reclaim their identity that side of their identity and um it's really exciting so i'm completely alone and guess what i'm doing painting the house bought all new couches painting the exterior the interior i've gone crazy i'm literally the perfect example of what happens when you're an empty nester it's kind of funny i'm 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 a sketchbook comedy well, as you know, we like to call it open nester because you're not, you're yeah, sorry, not feeling open. an emptiness. No, no, I like to correct people because then people can understand my distinct our distinction here is that it's not this empty binary thing. It's a place Absolutely. and a space to develop and open. And so you did it right away. You got right in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm it. excited. Yeah. Awesome. And Antoinette, give us a little personal kind of bio, please. Um, so, well, I have one child and he'll be 20 on June 16th, the day of our retreat. And so I've had a lot of time without him. And I was telling Tessa before you came on, Tony, that, you know, even as a child, I had to share him with his father. So I always felt like sort of an empty nester. 
And I know mm. we're using open nester now, and I totally dig that and what that could mean. Um, and I, you know, I think age is great. I don't try to, if, I've always been the roundup girl. Like when I was like 48, I was like, I'm 50. You know, when I was 28, I was like, I'm basically 30, you know? Because uh, <laughs> I think there's great wisdom with aging. And that's what I'm yeah. finding. Oh, amen. That, yeah, these years of, of being by myself and, you know, going through relationships and things like that have allowed me to to see all aspects of me in different ways and now as i sit here i live alone i have as tony knows a dog that is pretty much like a child that's i feel like when she passes away because she's older now and hopefully she'll mm -hmm. stay around for a few more years i hope that you know that will be my time that it'll give me time to do things and to travel more so in a way i look forward to that and of course uh she's my best friend so i will miss her greatly Mm -hmm. Well, isn't that true? I was just telling Antoinette that I did a workshop on grief and loss uh, through the five rhythms recently. And I, I feel like we hold the things about how we loss along with, with, um, with, with life and its pricelessness and, and our attachment to it and all, all together, mm -hmm. we hold that picture. And so Tony, I want you to tell me about how much because i love journey dance like how much the transformation and the transitions of life can be felt through some of the work you do with journey dance mm. i mean i feel like i come to the dance floor a different a new like every single time i walk onto the floor you know for me it's it's um it's like a journey of medicine you know it's it's um experience where wherever i'm at in my time and space continuum i can find myself there so for me, it doesn't really have a, a timestamp. You know, it's it's kind of like I taught today actually at Kripalu and just had this epic adventure with these people. And we did emotional release and transmutation of negative energy. And right now, the work that I seem to keep coming back around to again and again is this ancestral healing piece for wherever you're from, whatever ancestral heritage you have. Um, whether it's one generation or seven generations backward, it's really what is up right now. Lots and lots of healing. And whenever I'm teaching, I don't always plan for that. And then it just somehow comes forth by the time I get to a certain place. We do a little medicine ritual ceremony with the dance around that. And I've been bringing in a lot of music actually from my personal lineage, which is, you know, I'm, which I'm like an Ashkenazi Jew with some other mixtures. Uh, but I brought in some beautiful music that I never thought I would bring into the to the dance. So today was very epic and a lot of healing went on. Um, that's kind of my, my feeling about it. anytime, any place you could come at it and you'll get something out of it. So I'm going to I'm going to ha have you backtrack for people who not are not in the conscious dance field of understanding. Like, why is dance mm -hmm. a method for uh, that you have developed with journey dance of being so important to transform us and to be able to be with transition in such a profound way all the time we're always in transition right yeah there's nothing is permanent i mean that's that's the buddhist teachings so nothing is permanent we're in a constant state of change so i mean journey dance is a process of embodiment expression empowerment and then elevation of the spirit you know so for me it's about first we get into the body so deeply and you know we we move the body, we we roll around, we get into, you know, we really move the body, we get completely inhabiting every part of the being. And then from there, we become so comfortable with each other, because we're actually in our bodies, and we're not we're not in, uh, in defense, which is what most of us walk around in most of the time, some kind of response, 
you know, we, we are open and then we can go deep into this expression process, which to me is about evoking emotion and allowing emotion to release. Then we move all of that energy into some kind of an empowering transmutation, I call it, where we're like moving the energy into something positive. So we do a, a transmuting process where we like let the energy out and then we build new energy and we, we create manifest whatever we want. And then we come to the heart and we elevate that relationship with ourselves, which is the love relationship, which is the key to all things being well. You know, if we don't love ourselves, literally, we spend our whole life not loving others. It's kind of like just, it's just, it's so, it's so clear to me now, all my relationships that I've had, the failed ones, the successes, it is all about me and every single person loving themselves so much so that we don't, uh, project all of our garbage onto other people, which is part of the healing process of relationships. And I don't knock that. I'm sure every relationship has its struggles. And um, but I feel like that's the key is that we love ourselves. And I don't mean love ourselves like, oh, I love myself. I mean, love myself like I understand who I am. I know my wounds. I know my trauma. I know my triggers. Um, I have uh, I have capacity to hold space for another and to feel my own feelings. It's like if you can't feel your own feelings, it's like basically how could you possibly be in a relationship with someone? It's very complex stuff. So to me, the dance puts us in an altered state because we're not talking. We're we're listening. We're listening so deeply, but not just with our ears. We're listening with our body with our heart with our with the beats and the rhythms and the sensual and the yumminess of the physicality of expression but we're also listening to what are the thoughts going on what am i hearing in my own you know like i have the viscera and then i have the sort of like this altered state of i call it hypno you know hypnotic container this altered state where i'm able to see things so that's kind of the way i look at dance that's why it changes us because we're we're moving into an altered state process beautiful and Hope that was helpful. I went absolutely. pretty well. So and, and dance and <laughs> dance and for people who've never done it, they don't they don't think they have to have to do it right. It's all about just allowing yourself to not do it right. Like I heard this thing recently. Instead of I'm okay and you're okay, I'm not okay and you're not okay, and it's okay. We're just ready to be broken and beautiful and vulnerable and messy together. And totally that love that opens that mm. for that 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 give and take. Uh, so, so, and Antoinette, how about your work? How do you see moving and healing in similar ways or dif- differently if you want to articulate some of that? And actually, your personal journey, I think, is really important because you went from this, you know, much tougher kind of person of your kind of work you were doing as you aged because of, so I'd like you to mention that, you know, where the breaks came physically. She might be a hard body, but she's a softy. She's a a sweetie and a hard body. (laughs) I'm not that hard anymore. (laughs) I'm teasing you. I used to be. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think like, you know, to try to keep it keep it as short as possible. I mean, I, I went through a real traumatic childhood and teenhood and I went into the military right out of high school and that's where I started to gain an identity. And also I found my body, like we started exercising, you know, and I was like, wow, I can do a lot of push-ups and I can run really fast. And I started to be like, wow, this is something I never really realized about myself. So I just started to go into that, you know, a lot of exercise and, you know, pushing myself, getting my heart rate up and, you know, really exploring my, my body. And then I became, I, I actually saw this book. Um, it was Gladys Portuguese, who was Jean-Claude Van Damme's wife. And there was this, this beautiful woman and she had all these muscles. And I looked at it and I was like, I want to look like her. And so that was my thing. I was like, okay, I became a bodybuilder and I, and I, I succeeded. And then um, I, you know, I did a lot of 
contests and things like that. And then side note, I became an exotic dancer. And I was yes, an you did. dancer for about eight years. And that's a whole other journey of getting to know my body and, and energy and the energy that I held and all of that stuff, the arrows, you know, being in that kind of environment um, for all those years. But in the meantime, I was still, um, you know, doing all the physical stuff. And then I started to have um, some back issues. And I mentioned mm. that to you, Tessa, at like 29, I woke up one day and I couldn't walk. And I was a personal trainer and I literally crawled up the stairs to my first client. And um, she happened to be someone with um, some support in her life. So she helped me with chiropractic care for like two years. And I didn't know what was wrong with me. And I just sort of, you know, I was telling Tessa earlier that my first yoga teacher was a Vietnamese Buddhist monk martial artist, and he was extremely advanced. And so I went full throttle into that version of yoga, which was amazing. But after the injuries happened, I couldn't walk and I had to rehabilitate myself. And so little tiny movements became so important, it's like little tiny cat and cows, little pelvic tilts, because there, mm -hmm. there was so much pain. And then so I ended up finding Kripalu and then when I got to Kripalu, everything shifted because it was just a different focus. Um, I started learning more about meditation and kirtans and, you know, just just a different method of yoga too, you know, and so layers of that, that literal muscle that I built up started to fall away, <laughs> mm. Not literally, but you know, the softening started to happen and um, I, I really was like, wow, this is really, this is really interesting. So it's been, I've been here in this area for since 2004, since I met Tony and, um, it's been quite a transformation, but then I met Miss Tony. And, oh my God. I'll never oh forget that class. I was like, who is that? <laughs> what the hell? Oh my God. Can she dance? I was like, Oh my God. And we were like, I have to know you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I felt the same way about, about you, Tony, you know, I mean, it just floored me and I became like, uh, you know, a fangirl and I was like, so, I'm big time, you know? So I remember I went back to Virginia beach. I had a bicycle accident, but I had already signed up for your journey dance teacher training. And yeah. I called Tony and I said, Tony, I've had this bad bicycle accident. I had big wounds all over my arms and my legs. I remember and I said, this. I, oh, my God. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And I said, I don't know if I can come. She's like, I don't see that you're not coming. I don't feel that way. <laughs> 2005, <laughs> baby. That was like the, one of the best teacher trainings of our of, of ever. It was like an, that was like an essential foundational teacher training for me. The students, wow. the, the people who were there, are all friends of mine to this day. <laughs> yeah, it was small but potent for sure. It was. It was unreal. Oh, and you know, so, I went there with my bandages and and did the thing, and then you know, that just started to shift things. Cause when I found that form, this journey dance, you know, it was, it was like, I could be the exotic dancer, that fluid mover without the rest of the darkness. I could, I could, then I started to mm. see what was inside of me and not outside. And, oh my gosh, what a, you know, what a journey it's been with journey dance. Mm. So, so this beautiful um, transformation, you had mentioned to me about releasing and, and, and almost like stripping our identity. And I think that's part of what transitions are in life. Like, how do we unlayer ourselves like an onion to be able to get inside and some of the self-love Tony was talking about with with this idea of our identity not being one thing? It is so mm -hmm. fluid and it can be so uncovered. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so you told me you softened. And I think it's such an important thing for us to talk to open nesters about at this stage of life. And I want to get into how your personal stories actually connect to that. Um, I want to ask Tony in a sec. But how how dance and how 
unlayering with movement can help us kind of soften and slow and age with more grace. And and if you have any personal stories that you can tell about that acceptance piece through dance that your own story has has opened for you so i'm, I'm kind of looking for that like like tony how is it helping you with that the kid that the boys are now like you're probably you've been saying to me for two years with the podcast they're not they're not leaving the nest yet they're not leaving the nest yet and now they're like yeah. oh they left the nest so how, how yeah i mean does that shape your your dance now huh that's an interesting question i feel like a different person I feel in the last three years, specifically, I have stepped into a whole nother level of myself, my ownership of myself, my my acceptance of myself is not the right word. It's more of an empowered pleasure in who I am. Like, I feel like that is what the dance does for me, because when I go to the dance floor, there's no age. There's no age for me on the dance floor. The dance floor has no age. Today, there was people older than me and way younger than me. And I was completely me. I didn't think about that. I saw it visually. But for me, it's funny you said the word acceptance, you know, and aging gracefully and all that. You know, I am going to fight this aging thing tooth and nail, baby. I'm going to be like the most vibrant being that I could possibly be. I don't use the word fight. It's not the right word. But I love being It doesn't mean mean surrender. It means holding. Oh, surrendering is great. I love surrendering. Grace and the grit. And and the acceptance of of the of the scar the war the war stories, you know I love aging. Thank goodness I'm aging. I, I'm not fighting it at all. I'm like, yeah, bring on that vitality, baby. This is my- yeah. I don't even think of the word aging. I've, I've made a new word called saging because I am saging. I'm turning yeah, into a sage. Is a big is a big thing. Aging, yeah. saging. I love that too. Yeah. yeah, everyone's using it, but I used it for a long I never time. Heard too. It. It's my first time. I'm ready. Yeah. Down okay. Good. It. So I'm saging because I want to be a sage. I want to be the person person who it doesn't matter like what I mean I just want to be someone who can offer offer healing offer wisdom offer container offer holding and for me personally I want to stay flowing and fluid and in my sensual body as you said because this life is so precious and my identity is going to change and my you know my my shape my skin you know all the things my my body's going to change but I'm going to stay in my essential essence because my essential essence is always going to be me my soul essence is my is my it's my it's my blueprints my it's my fingerprint you know it's my I think that's something that we never have to lose I don't believe that we I love ever that I love the soul that. is a ageless mm-hmm. it's yeah so I don't even we, think that about we, that we really. want to look inside to see the soul so I still think we need to hold that because there's an honor in gracefully growing old with beauty and grace and dignity and vitality there's an honor in growing older in growing yes. older it means we are growing older how many la- how many years have you been living this beautiful oh yeah i mean the wisdom some exactly experience and some great wisdom and i don't want to deny that so i'm very oh, oh totally grow age and not anti-aging i buy none of that anti-aging shit and i'm really into this idea that we need to embrace it but also see the essence of each human being so on the dance floor i think that is a part of it it's like there's a fluidity and that's kind of gets us into this and Antoinette if you want to you know chime in here like the movement through healing I think is part of that aging experience so I, w- I will call that out you want to call it saging experience great I do think that accepting it without saying I'm sur- 
surrender and you know some people say surrender and they're like oh i'm never gonna surrender like oh god this fucking fighting world we have they never surrender how do we hold it all we release and surrender while being proactive to become all we can become and that's a beautiful place to be as an older woman i love that place Mm. So, so I, I, I'm wondering how moving and healing and movement and healing helps that. So, Antoinette, if you want to talk to that a li- little bit at all, even your journey of you know softening with yoga and what you do at, at you know what you could, what you what you bringing, for example, to this seminar, that, the workshop that we'll talk about the retreat in a few minutes. Um. So, age is an interesting thing for me because I've always been someone that people said that looked younger than I really was. And that's been going on for a long time until recently, until a few things have been said to me. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, because when I look in the mirror, I see me. I don't, I mean, I see that I'm aging, but I don't really, I just see me, you know? And, um, so when someone, a couple of people said something about getting older, you know, um, in, re, in, re, in response to something about me, um, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, groovy. Like, okay. Like, I'm actually looking older. Where for years, these older women that I, I usually like was the younger one teaching older women. It's just kind of been, you know, not all the women have been younger, but a lot of them have been uh, older. And uh mm-hmm. I've always had to like, you know, oh, I'm 29, you know, they think I was like 18 or, you know, I have a son that's this age or I'm a veteran or, you know, I've been, I've, you know, I'd always feel like I would defend myself and make myself older than I was and more experienced because I wouldn't, I wasn't being taken seriously. And so now that I have a little age on me, I'm like freaking awesome. Now mm-hmm. somebody will kind of listen to me and know that, you know, this, this person has wisdom, they have experience. And yeah, when I'm like you just said, Tony, like on the age, on the dance floor, there's no age. You're just there as this raw being, you know, experiencing yes. yourself in a creative um, exploration, and it has nothing to do with what you look like, you know. And I often say that if things start to look weird, great, you know, like meaning, <laughs> you know, that's awesome. Like it doesn't all have to look good. Matter of fact, a lot of it isn't. You know, we're working out a lot of our things on the dance floor. And um, I just think it's an opportunity for everyone to let go of inhibitions and insecurities. There's a song that I, you probably know it, Tony, but it's Be Yourself. And because everyone else is taken. (laughs) So there's no one like you. You're a unique being. We all are from the same species, but we're all so unique and we all have so many beautiful gifts to offer. And um, I've been also sitting in indigenous uh, ceremonies for many, many years. And, you know, I've watched, you know, how they interact with people. And I've learned a lot from these tribes and from these experiences. And really, you know, the wisdom of the older person, the crone, if you will, is much more respected than the younger because they realize Mm -hmm. this person has been around. Yes. So um, I really love and admire that in other cultures that they actually take older people and they put them on pedestals. Exactly. They put them up, up, up. And the youngins, you just sit back and listen, you know, and of course, there are young people with great wisdoms, too. You know, we're all teachers and students of each other. And at the end of the day, we're all going to die. So we better start accepting it now. And because there's this process that happens. And um, 
And as a yoga teacher, you know, Shavasana comes up a lot. I'm like, this is just practice for the most sacred transition, which is when we let mm -hmm. go of control of our whole being mm. and we just travel. And we have no idea what that's really going to be like, but it's important that we recognize that it's going to happen. And so there are all these little deaths, you know, every day there's a little something that we release and let go of and then something that we gain too. And exactly. I think this is all about practicing for letting go, becoming the most we can, like Tony, you're saying, like you want to become that sage that is the <laughs> most wisest being that you can through all these incredible experiences that you're having while you're incarnate in Tony Bergen's body. <laughs> yeah, really. I'm going to live this thing to the fullest. You know me. <laughs> awesome. so, you know, I've heard that thing said, like, if you, if you go to your deathbed and your body is wrinkled and like just broken, then you really lived it. You know, you go all preserved and, you know, perhaps and hey, you know, that's great if that happens for you. But like, perhaps you didn't really, really live, you know, and really go out there and take chances and move your body and mm -hmm. You know, dance for a person with hip replacement, spinal issues, all sorts of joint issues. Dance is a place where I can reset my body. So it mm -hmm. has a lot to do with also physiology, you know, rolling on the ground and how we can adjust our spine, which houses the central channel, you know, and how we can let go of so much tension, which helps us to let go of tension in our minds. And, our, and, let, and let our emotions flow, energies and motions, you know, and because we're just not taught how to do that, you know. No, we're not taught that that motion is moving our emotions and really getting to our soul and essence, which is why I love, I knew I love talking to you both. Yay! Transition to how <laughs> that has to do with any sex. I mean, or if anybody want to contribute how their sexual, sensual energy has shifted. Over. Oh, I'll, I'll share that. I mean, how it's shifted or how it's in, it's improved. <laughs> yeah, and, and because of the embodiment and your oh, own, definitely. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, if you're insecure in any way around about your body. The best thing you can do is 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 dance with it and just be you with your body. It's not about another person. It's about you with your body. It's about me with my body. At the very beginning of every class, I say, look at your hand. Just touch your own skin. Drag it across your body. I want to awaken the sensual layer of skin because skin is such an amazing organ. Like we just, we are just covered. We're, we're really just an energy. What we are is we are like an energy. This is my belief, okay? And I'm sure there's plenty of, you know, other, you know, religions that have similar vibes. You'll get, the, you'll get my vibe, but that we are like this energy and we are all this moving parts that this miracle of the organ system and the bones and the structure and all things and the, and the muscles and the blood and the whole thing. We're just this incredible miracle of life. And the skin is like our container. It's, this is the house that I live in, right? So if I can fall in love with this house, even if I'm not always in love with it, and sometimes it pisses me off because I have, I'm in pain or I hurt myself or as, as Antoinette has been through, you know, some replacements of body parts and other things, or if I'm having like hot flashes and I'd love to talk about menopause, by the way, you know, and, <laughs> and menopause and, you know, whatever, like sleepless, like all the things that we could be mad at our body about. If we can just dance with it and be like, okay, I'm mad at it, but I'm going to dance with it for a little while, something happens internally. And literally, my self-esteem, everyone I know, self-esteem improves. Like this, this feeling of, of being in oneself, in yourself, in your skin, inhabiting the body, it just makes you feel better, more sexy, if that's what you're looking for. 
more sensual, more alive. Like I really, I, I realize my whole work is about aliveness and, you know, and, mo- and moving energy. It's really about moving energy. The body for me is a vehicle to move the energy. So when we dance, we shake, we do a million different types of movement, whatever. I don't think it's a million, but lots of different types of body movement. And eventually we feel like we can just like let it all go. And when we go into this deepest shavasana, as you were speaking about, Antoinette, I like to gently have people reprogram their consciousness. So I start talking about what do you need to say to yourself? I am beautiful. I am safe. We feel safe in our bodies. We have a much better sexual relationship with with partner, with the world, whatever that is, because safety is something that is deeply affected by the outside world. So if we don't feel safe, so in Journey Dance, we talk a lot about supportive space, creating a supportive space. Because I used to say, oh, we're going to create a safe container, we're going to create a safe container. And then people would still have these eruptions and catharsis and fight, fight, flight or freeze sometimes would happen to somebody because we're moving in the body, right? So trauma is being stirred occasionally. I'm not going to lie, that does happen because the body is this this holder of all the things, right? But if we can hold a supportive space, then people can find their own safety. If I say it's a safe space and then something happens or someone has an eruption or a or trauma trigger, you know, they feel like, oh, it's not a safe space, but it actually is a supportive space where then they can create their own safety. Because you can only create you only create a safe space if you feel safe inside. It's very complicated stuff. And I think sexuality and feeling safe inside your own body and feeling supported and brave and courageous, as Anjanette was saying about taking risks, like really feeling like I can take a risk takes real inner love it takes real inner trust and that is what i think is created in these movement containers and these because we're taking a risk we're actually going to move the body in a way we may have never have done before if you if i start saying we're going to roll on the floor to the right and we're going to lift and be like a sea creature you might be like oh my god yikes i don't want to roll around the floor but if you're rolling around the floor while i'm saying it you're taking the risk even if your mind is like blah 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 your body is still doing it and you're still receiving the benefit of the massage and the movement and flow of blood and tissue and you know we're getting things moving in the fascia and in all the muscles like it's such a delicious thing i feel very excited today because i have a great class um because the people were so open they just jumped in with me we were in that pool it was all new people i'd never danced with half these people before more than half and i was like all right let's do this and i feel like when you feel that kind of love for yourself that elevated state of of acceptance as you're talking about in a slightly different context but of this physical body then when you're actually in relationship with a man, woman, whoever you're with, whatever your partnership is, a being of any kind, you are in your sensory body and you can have like a whole new level of sexuality, whole new level. It's an ecstatic level from the inside. It's the essence of you. Yes. Shared. So, so have you, how have you felt as your own evolution from that? Like recently? Or- oh my God. I mean, my sexual life has only gotten better as I've, as I've been aging. I mean, it's only gotten better and more amazingly wild and more free and all the things that I've ever wanted much more recently than even before. I feel like this. I'll, okay, I'm going to be totally gritty and real right now. Gritty is what I was so, going to ask you. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So in my 20s, I was very much like, I will get that person. You know, I was more like a hunter. Like I had that, like, I must get that person. And then over the years, I started being like, no, 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 I'm done with that. And that was when I was more of a performer, like sex was more of a performance. It was like, 
I'm going to have sex with this person. I'm going to, you know, rock their world, blow their mind, blah, blah, blah. You know, awesome. Now, I hope you're laughing. Okay. <laughs> I'd want to like be like freaking the best because that's like who I am. Right? I want to I do my thing. Right. But it didn't feel connected. It didn't feel embodied and truly nur- nurturing on the level that I've gone to now. Like now, if I'm going to have sex, I'm going to be like, we are in this thing together. So present in every breath and every cell and every and every touch and every in everything, just in every movement. It's much more like a dance to me than then it was a whole different thing. So, so I love so being in my 50s. I love it. Yeah. Amen. The quality. Yes. It's the quality. quality. Hey, woman. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the dance, because it is, that's what I call it, like, as we age into this sensual women that are just, I think, getting better. And, and it's so, it's, it's, it's the opposite of what society tells us. So it's feeling that and being able to still lead the way with your own body, which you do as a leader and, and knowing how to also take cues from someone else as a, as a partner to be in that dance. Cause that's the training that I think dance also offers. So I love that. We have one more gritty thing to add. Okay. I'm going to go even grittier. (laughs) So being in your body being my body has made me realize that all bodies could be attractive. Like I was like, I was not, I was never super hetero and I was like never super positive what my, what my sexual preferences were, but I kind of went with heteronormativity because that was very highly conditioned into me. And then I was like, Oh, let me swerve over here. And I swerved over into a whole different bisexual world. And I'm just saying like the more in your body, I know this is going to be scary for people who don't like this idea, but the more in your body you are, the more you realize, Oh, you know what? I could be open to that. I could be open to that and I could be open to that. You know what I'm saying? It's like the open nesters is the fluidity ah. of life. And by the way, we have episodes on pegging. We have episodes on opening boundaries spiritually. We have episodes from the pleasure mechanics. This is nothing. Great. Oh, good. Okay, good. So I'm just saying like episodes. Okay, I haven't listened enough. So I'll yeah. listen more. <laughs> so anyway, my point is like I've ex- I've expanded my whole repertoire of what is possible for me in terms of love, sexuality and all of that. And I continue to open that. And I'm not I'm not afraid of that. I might not be able I mean, not everyone can be poly. I don't know if that's me because my heart gets always so involved in in sex that I have to be super careful with my heart. Um, but talking just from a purely sexual standpoint, I do feel that I've opened up so very much from from the movement, from the dance, from the healing in a positive way, in a completely self-possessed way, not in a, you know, like voyeuristic performance way. Done with that. Completely over. An open way. Beautiful, sacred, open way. Yes. And Antoinette, what about you? What about your story with sexuality or your erotic? I mean, it was erotic dance kind of like, it sounds like you've had a lot you've gone through because if you're an erotic dancer... I think we all can be erotic dancers. The question is, who are we doing it for, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think as another long story, but, you know, um, Tony knows a little bit about I my do. background. <laughs> yeah. And when I was a, a a child, my mom, you know, she, she just had some obvious mental issues and she did some things to me sexually. Um, and they weren't, uh, she wasn't being a lesbian with me, but she was kind of like, you know, harming me because my vagina was bad, you know, basically. And I was doing things with my vagina, which I really kind of wasn't. But um, that, that was a really interesting thing to go through as a young girl. Mm. And then growing up, and then I was like virgin till I was like 19. I was just like not open to much of anything, although I really liked boys. 
you know, um, and I think I probably liked girls too, you know. Um, I was more, I think, into into male, you know, connection. If you hear my dog, come here, boo boo. Um, and then, you know, went to the military and just just got a lot of uh, attention. And I never had that before, so I became sort of promiscuous and um, did a lot of sleeping around, you know, and was really looking for love, though I knew that, you know, I was mm -hmm. a love bug. I really wasn't looking to just sleep around. I, I was looking for something that I never got as a child. And then um, as time went on and I made a mess out of a lot of things, you know, my first marriage and just a total mess of my life when it came to sex. When I became mm. a dancer, an exotic dancer, it actually started to uh, to um release things in me that i didn't know could be released and i remember as a dancer i started to and I, I didn't know what to do you know no one taught me how to be an exotic dancer i just started to watch other women and start to do my own thing and it turned out to be like kind of like a yogic flow like a vinyasa yogic flow and that's how yoga i think really it was just innate within me these movements started to come out and um mm -hmm. and then i got into this like space of bliss that I would forget money that was given to me. I would just kind of block everything out and I just have, would have this amazing experience. Yeah. And then yoga came into my life and then, and then journey dance. So as, as when journey dance came into my life, I thought this is brilliant. <laughs> I can, I can do, I can move my body this beautiful sensual way without being sexualized. And I was learning that I didn't really want to be sexualized anymore. And, mm -hmm. um, it really didn't suit me. So, you know, then I had a, a relationship that was like a major player for like 11 years and I had the best sex with this person and the worst. And, um, and you know, sex is known for sacred energy exchange. And so at this point in my life, I, I don't have sex anymore and I, I barely masturbate, but it's not because I'm not sexual. I feel so sensual more than I ever have actually, but I'm using it in different ways. And if I feel like I need to make love to myself, then I will, you know, I'll take the time, the five minutes, cause it, you know, <laughs> cause I got things to do. You know, you're, you're talking about an actual getting off orgasm, but yes, I actually believe yes. that sex is so much more sexuality is really it is. all of like, of course, our, it is. Right, everything, everything. Well, all I do is, is take care of my body. I go to a sauna, I go to a steam room, I massage mm. myself daily, yeah. I rub myself with oils. I'm all about self care. And that to me is where I really make love to myself. It's in my daily, it's in my daily activities. It doesn't have to be sexual. But if I have like, this really big thing, you know how sometimes you just gotta take care of it. And then I do, and then move on with my day, you know? Um, no questions asked. <laughs> Perfect, this so, was so, uh, so okay. <laughs> I, I, I'll share something if you don't, if it's okay. I only have just a few to... more minutes, but go ahead. We'll, go okay. ahead. we'll see what's No, doing. just that when you've had um, a trauma history, like like Antoinette's, um, I've been working with her for a long time. We did a lot of healing together, and I know a lot of her story. And I know a lot of women's stories, and women tell me their stories basically dale on the daily i'm not kidding you and i i'm a holder of stories and i'm a lover of healing and women and i want people to heal and i think antoinette's choices that she's made in her life are for her highest healing you know she's been working with the sexual energy for a long time um how to heal herself so i just want to just add that i really respect whatever choices people make you know for for that 
for that healing to take place because this is really difficult stuff. Um, and when you work at a place like Kripalu or Omega or all the places people are, the seekers are going like these for some reason, you know, we find we find ourselves, you know, in a lot of sometimes healing deep, deep childhood trauma. It's just the way it is. And movement is going to do that. Movement is going to bring you back into your body. And maybe it'll be a little rough for a minute, but then it will be freeing afterwards. And then everyone's going to, you know, make their own choices. But in this case, I just want to share that, you know, I think sexuality is very, very important and sensuality is just as important so like we we do a little differentiation in journey dance we talk about being sensual 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 and then we have like the sexual which is a different vibe you know it's a slightly different vibe but i love that we can differentiate and then people who are going through healing can actually use the word if some people are going through such a healing they would not want to do any sexual quote dancing they would only want to do sensual dancing you know it's really just a fine line that's all i'm saying just to be aware of that right i mean within for example the erotic blueprints you have sensual energy, sensual energy, energetic sexuality, sexual energy, kink energy, and and shapeshifters that contain all of those. So there's yes. a lot of eroticism within mm-hmm. sexuality that, you're right, can be distinguished differently, but it's all somehow within the erotic world of, of our being because we are eros. And I love the fact that we find our own path and you allow for that in the dance. And then if people know, and just if they're listening now too, you know, if there's deep trauma and you need to go to a somatic or trauma therapist, people that are yeah, you just go slow. <laughs> slow is always important. So I like to always yeah. distinguish that. Um, and the and the last question I was going to have, which shouldn't be related right after sex, but they did get here for sex, <laughs> is your kids. So how do your kids see you nowadays? Well, that's how life? they got your here. Boys, so. <laughs> how do your boys? They may not know about your sexual life exactly, but how do they see you and your in or give you any feedback on on in your relationship? Is what I want to ask you about. Oh, what a great question. All right. Oh, my God. If they were listening to this, I don't know. They'd be I don't know. They're in a very intense stage right now. Mine are young still, you know, so I would say just real quick answer that my 21 year old and I are just we have a whole new relationship like it is he has turned a corner. You know, he called me on the phone. We'll talk for hours on end. He asked, he asked me a question and I answered him and he was like, oh, my God, I wish I had recorded that. And I was like jumping up and down the kitchen. like, <laughs> Oh, my God, I said something that he liked <laughs> after all these years. You know, the teenage years are really, were know, really yeah. quite shitty. So I was laughing. I was like, I will send it to you in a text. And he's like, thank you so much. And you know what? It helped him with his relationship because he was going to him and him and his you know partner really helped him with his relationship that he's in right now so he's like more in love than he's ever been and i was so happy that i was able to like be a part of that and then my other son is like in the we're in this like you know the difficulty of separation we're just in the difficulty of separation like oh it's just so hard because we have this like we're very tons and tons of friction and 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 stress and and anger because we love each other so much and he's about he's and he left you know so i took him to the airport and it was like you got this i was he's like you got this i'm like i got this because he knows you know i'm gonna be alone in the house you know we've had really an amazing experience together i i love my boys and they think i'm completely weird completely kooky and crazy but they also think that i'm different i'm different from other people's moms you know they always bring the friends here they always bring the problems here and i help them they always ask me they tell me the truth we talk about drugs we talk about sex we talk about everything it's it's just it's epic i'm so i'm so happy i love them you know and it's hard too don't get me wrong we fight and we have all of our regular you know mumbo jumbo whatever junk <laughs> i think the the defining quality and i like i said this in a few of my podcasts and my daughter for me and both my sons too have emerged into that are 
if we can be uniquely us, we allow them space to be them. And when they totally. know you're not conforming and you're really growing, it's such a beautiful example. We said as a model rather than a martyr within the, in an empty nest, like, oh my God, don't leave me. Like, I mean, we all have the don't leave me where I'm so attached to my kids. So, oh yeah, of course. And my 24 year old hasn't even left yet because he was back from college and now going to, and, and now I'm even more attached to him. So he's going to go again. Of course, right? Like, it's oh, I part get of it. the, the dance. Oh. Antoinette, how about your son? Well, my son has always been, I think, my biggest fan. And, um, you know, he he told me this recently on Mother's Day. He uh, he sent me like something from Amazon. It was like an already, you know, like you put the message and I keep telling Alex, can you just send me your own card? But I love you. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. But it said like, you know, you have always allowed me to be myself and, mm -hmm. you know, just something like that. And he said that before, but that's always meant a lot to me because I am you know, kind of a, a, a weird mom too, you know, I mean, I, know <laughs> I started bringing him to Grappalo at nine years old. And he's like, mom, I'm not into this, you know, but he's still my biggest fan. And I think he really thinks a lot of me and he knows that I was a dancer. And sometimes he'd be like, you know, and I wouldn't tell him, you know, when he, it was when he was younger though. Um, and I wouldn't talk to him at all about it. But now as he's an adult, you know, I might say something and he's like, TMI mom, you know, but he wants to hear <laughs> You know, I don't tell him much or what everybody knows. And, you know, at, at some point, some of his friends thought I was like his sister and they were all trying to like friend friend me on Facebook. And he put out this thing, stop friending my mom. You know, that's my mom. But he was always like that as a kid. He would like defend me. And like when guys are hitting on me or something, he'd be like, that's my mom. I'll never forget. We were standing in a, a line for a ticket for a movie. And these guys were like, hey, are you a bodybuilder? And my little boy, who was so little, looked up at them and he goes, my mom is a bodybuilder and healthy. Are you? <laughs> so he's always been so awesome. Aww. So, yeah, I'm really grateful for that, that he, you know, feels that way about me, that I allow him to be his own person. And I and I get it. You know, I get that we usher these beautiful spirits into the mm. world, but they're not necessarily ours. They're the world's and they have their own path and their own spirit. And I truly believe their own spirit guides too. So I've had to let go a million and one times with myself. Oh yeah, same here. Yeah, and it's like you learn so much from letting go, but then something happens, you're like, it's almost empowering because you're like, well, I've got this life to live and I got to really take care of this life that I've been gifted. And I have to let let God and let, you know, spirit and, mm -hmm. and them take care of themselves. And um Thank so, you. That's yeah. so beautiful. So, so Antoine, first I'm going to ask you how people can reach you, and then I'm going to ask Tony, and we're going to talk about what your your the retreat weekend, so people have that auditory. They'll also have it in the blog and in the podcast notes. But how can people reach you um, if, if they, they want to do yoga with you, or is it through Kupalo? How do you like to be reached? Um, yeah. So my website is www.holisticlivingwithantoinette.com. A N T O I N E T T E. Like <laughs> with Antoinette.com. Dot com. Thank you. That's it. And Tony, how do they reach you? Um, they reach me at Tony is my email is Tony at journeydance.com if you just want to reach out and chat and talk about anything that came up. My Instagram is Tony Bergens, my other Instagram is Journey Dance Official, and the big website is journeydance.com. Journeydance.com. So the, so, so, I'm sorry, can I add about my, the dates of the I'm sorry what was that Antoinette I'm so sorry to interrupt um I was just I didn't think about social media but um so 
on social media, I'm Antoinette Andrea, A-N-D-R-E-A. I don't use my last name, so um, okay. just Antoinette Andrea. Yeah, I found you. I just tagged you. I don't know if you saw it, but I tagged <laughs> I know, you. Well. I shared. Thank Yo, you. Good. I'll that. find both of you too. And and how about the with the weekend? So give us the dates for that and where they can find information. And uh, so it's it's going to be about moving through. Here. Go ahead. What are you? What yeah. Are you? So our our weekend coming up, which is really exciting to collaborate after all these years of knowing each other and and dancing side by side and and really creating our own bodies of work and. Um, Antoinette really helping me with journey dance as well. We are collaborating with another amazing journey dance teacher who's also a movement therapist and artist and vocalist. You know, we're all just, we have, it's a very multi-talented crew and we're all going to bring a special, a special moment to this weekend called Move to Heal at Kripalu July, sorry, June 16th to the 18th. And it's going to be a a very packed weekend with beautiful things, including a sound healing with Antoinette, some playful, you know, art and movement with Steven. And then I'm going to do a journey dance and we're all going to co-facilitate a couple of journey dances. And it will be just, you know, a time to let things unfold, heal whatever is emerging and be with ourselves in a be- in a beautiful, uh, sacred container that we're going to create for for honest, true connection with ourselves and with each other. What a great gift to somebody who wants to, who, who the kids are with the dad, especially if you're a single mom. <laughs> like, come, please. This is, yeah. I mean, you have to do journey dance with, with Tony, first of all. It's like a must. So look. And up, the dads can come too. Yeah, dads can come too. Okay. Dads <laughs> oh. can give yourself a gift, baby. That's right. Thank you for saying that. So this has been such a delight. I really, really appreciate both of your time so much. And I hope you'll stay on for an extra moment. Thank you, Tessa. Pleasure. Thank you so much. So what were the takeaways from this dancing uh, and moving and healing in Moms and Sex podcast episode for you, Amir? Well, you, <laughs> you're trying to get me to some of those dances for many, many months and I would months? say years. <laughs> I would say years. And, you know, I, I now realize, you tell me, what, what, how many dancers are men in this uh, gatherings? Well, I say at Kripalu, there's mostly women. I don't know why it attracts mostly women. And so I think a lot of journey dance, I, I don't know. I think really? I, could ask, I could ask Tony about journey dance statistics, but I would say that ecstatic dance and other places I've been to in yoga studios that continue to grow, it's becoming like a lot of men. I'm going to say 40% are, and more I've seen men recently in the past you, years. You know, because I always, uh, maybe wrongly, thought that these dances are really for women only they have to uh, have to express and release energy in their body by moving uh, somehow in dance <laughs> I, I didn't think it's for moving men. is a human experience not uh, no I, I get it i get it but it's, it, it was always a women thing and i now realize that wait well, hey, you know why not me trying yeah. to release and move some energy thank you uh, by, uh, by dance <laughs> so i'm really i'm ready to take i'm ready to take my first step so that's okay. my first takeaway okay. for this thing awesome and, and because you know as she said the body store trauma and maybe there is some trauma that uh, will trigger and release me uh, in a safe place and so, you're very creative and you take risks so creative exploration is about it doesn't have to look good it's the work that we're kind of oh I had a great expression from my friend I was with recently who's a massage a massage therapist in Reiki, woman, a master. 
And she talks about that we have to release our issues through our tissues. <laughs> I love, I like I love that. that for dance as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. I do want to say that I, what I loved about what they talked about, and I mean, Tony spoke about the safety and supportive space for these places, and that we're only safe, and that when, when they discuss sex as well, we're only say, safe when we feel our own safety because we've been able to express ourselves in yeah, these different I spaces. Ha- I happen to agree with that. And not only that, she said, you know, and we, we know that, but she validated one more time that you really have to love your space, your, your, love your, love yourself in order to be able to love others and, and trust that, yourself. And trust yeah, yourself. Exactly. Uh, you know, we all have a way to escape and uh, to express, uh, to express our, I guess, uh, move our energy more than anything else. And, you know, for me, it's different than, than dance, but, you know, you for me, mix it's uh, music. Uh, yeah. you know, mix music and just I can get lost, you know, in, in radio programming and things to that nature. Uh, but, you know, I can see where one have to uh, touch themselves and, you know, not, not in a sexual way, but, you know, just love themselves in a certain way and then dance. So um, I, this might take away. This might take I'm away. so glad. I mean, the emotion is about being in motion. And when we don't have an agenda to be performative, which is a big, th- big deal, we're getting out of that defense response, as they spoke about. So thank you. And something that comes very clearly is their energy. Both of those women have a lot of tremendous energy. Uh, you can feel the positive energy and vibe coming out of them so beautifully. So good to hear. It is, it is definitely uh, positive and, energ- and energ- energetic. So if we didn't have a whole weekend planned that particular weekend, I would be sending you there for Father's Day. I'm sorry that you won't make it, but another time. It's going to happen, uh, and we know it. And I don't know if that's exactly what I do for Father's Day, which well, I never really yeah, celebrate. Yeah. Somebody else celebrated, but I'm not really well, celebrating. I also it, I want to tell people, because uh, Tony reminded me at the end, that she's offered, uh, if you're interested in journey dance and becoming a teacher, there is a training coming up on July 2nd through 7th. So get onto her website and uh, and if and hopefully spread the word to your men because men really need to move these issues through through yeah, their tissues. Well, right? Okay, <laughs> I mean, if speaking on the website, please visit our website theopennesters.com. That double N in the middle, S at the end. We'd love to hear from you. Check out our newest episode, our old episode categorizing so beautifully uh, and you, I'm sure you're going to find something that you like over there if, you ha- if you're just joining us now. Or even join us on our Instagram, social media, The Open Nesters and Facebook and we have a closed group that we have some sometimes some really hot discussions there. So hot, ask hot. to join the Facebook page and, and thank you for sharing because we have become a top rated relationship podcast. We love talking about the relationships and the transitions and the lives we live as LGBTQ vital open nesters. Till next time, this is Amir. And this is Tessa. And we will see you on the next episode. Ciao. You have been listening to the Open Nesters Podcast, a production of Kiwi Publishing and Media. Executive Producer, Tessa Crone. Music by Yoni Avi Patat. Audio Engineering by Lucid Sound. Web Design and Blogs, PJ Ewing. This podcast is available on all podcast platforms. To learn more about each episode and guest, please visit us at theopennesters.com. For questions or to be a guest on our podcast, email tessa at theopennesters.com.